0: Welcome to What Would Ani Say? podcast, where three Annis share the challenges, joys, and everything in between growing up as Korean females in Canada, with the hope to connect and empower the next generation of Korean-Canadian female leaders, hosted by TK,
1: Yuna
2: Lee, and Deli Hong.
1: Welcome to episode 12 of What Would Anis Say? The Anis continue the discussions on beauty and image, this time from a gender and culture perspective. We explore the different aspects of the beauty paradox that permeates our culture. Before we get started, um, there's a little disclaimer. Topic that we discuss in this episode are for our reflections only. We want our listeners to know the contents of this podcast are focused on sharing our personal experiences about the beauty paradox. While we are enthusiastic about this topic and strive to present an educated perspective, we want to acknowledge that we do not have formal training on the topic and therefore this is certainly not an expert opinion on the subject matter. The contents of this podcast are strictly of our own views. So now with that out of the way, um, let's get this kick started. Um, First off, I want to ask TK, can you share some personal experiences that you went through in terms of beauty paradoxes in your life?
0: Yeah, um, for sure. And I was thinking about what kind of examples or personal experiences that I wanted to share with our listeners. And I thought it would be really great to focus my personal experiences around, you know, my career. So uh, when it comes to my career, um, I've been working for about six and a half years now. And there are two instances that really came to my mind um, kind of in regards to the beauty paradox. Uh, or beauty perceptions in my life. So uh, one kind of episode that I had uh, was when I was actually uh, an intern um, at a company while I was still in school. Um, I had this opportunity to run an event um, to help generate our sales leads for the company I worked at. And it was kind of the time to present the results and you know some of the key takeaways from the event that I organized. And I was super excited to present it because as an intern, obviously, like you have fresh set of eyes on how you want to make, you know, kind of the key do difference about how you want to carry on or organize an event. Um, so I was really excited to present kind of those do difference and the results as well, which were really, really great. Um, so I already, you know, built my presentation, I was super excited about the content to share and I was actually talking to another female um, colleague about the content of the presentation and wanted to get her thoughts on like how I should present it or how, you know, some tips and tricks on how I should present it better um, just because she was a full-time and I was an intern so I just wanted to learn it from like a peer perspective. But um, uh, she... I would say like in that time she did like the content and she provided really good feedback and uh, really good guidance as well. But one thing that she kind of added on at the end was, hey, just, you know, make sure when you're presenting um, for the day, like make sure you wear a dress skirt because um, people tend to like that a lot more when you're presenting. So when I actually heard that comment, I was so taken back because I, One, it was like so unexpected. Um, But two, it was kind of like, why would another, you know, female like say that to me? Um, Like woman to woman. So it was one of those situations where I was like, Why, like, if I don't wear a dress skirt, like, do you think that people won't pay attention to my content or my presentation skills or whatnot? Like, do I have to really wear a dress skirt um, because, like, it looks more presentable? Like, I don't think that would really hinder, you know, the content or, you know, how I present, you know, like, about the event. So that was one thing that kind of came to my mind about, like, kind of the beauty perceptions about, like, women, especially in, like, a workplace. Um, right, And then another episode that I, I thought of was um, a story from when I had a job that was more like client facing um, and kind of during that time. I found a very awesome uh seasonal opportunity that could really help to grow sales for both my client and I. So, based on the data that I had, um I developed a proposal, you know, booked a meeting with my client to go through the proposal and everything. You know, super excited because it was a great opportunity for both of us. And it was honestly like really well-flushed up plan and like growth rate that, you know, my client would be super happy about and could really benefit the business. And so, yeah, like, during the meeting, like, I presented, um, you know, my proposal and kind of, like, what the next steps and everything. And also, once again, like, at the end of the presentation, at the end of the meeting, my client, who was male, um, basically made this joke or this comment being like, oh, you think you can just, like, bat your lashes and get everything you want, eh? Like, it must be nice.
2: (gasps) Ah,
1: no. So.
2: Like that devalues like everything that you've worked so hard to achieve.
1: That's like microaggression.
2: Yeah, so it's like,
0: what do you think that we've been doing this whole time? <laughs> like I, yeah, like I was, you know, we were talking about the proposal. We were like, he was very much on board and we, I thought we were having a great discussion about how we can, you know, really bring this to life. And then he goes on to add this comment. So it's like, it kind of made me question, like as I was driving back home being like, like, would the client not have committed to the proposal, like, that I was proposing because, like, like, would the client have, like, have done that if I didn't live up to, like, um, the beauty expectations that he had of me, or, like, did, like, any of the beauty expectations, like, expectations have been met that he agreed on the proposal? So it was just kind of, like, so many questions that I kind of, like, ran through my head, um, after the, after the meeting, um, so it kind of like, all of like all of those two kind of experiences really um, like helped me to think through to like what extent do looks really matter for women in a professional setting? And like when do others like start paying more attention to like the women's professionalism or skills in her field versus her looks? Because um, I'm sure like other people other women have gone through it or still currently going through it. I'm sure you guys do too. So um, yeah, those kind of two episodes came to my mind when we um, were discussing about the whole episode on the beauty paradox and then the perceptions.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think um, even in terms of like the public setting, like if you look at leaders like Hillary Clinton, like there's so many more comments made about her dress, what she would wear more than her actual skill level. So it's almost like by being a woman in a leadership position by default, you have to pay more attention about how you look versus a male in that same position probably uh, they don't have to concern themselves as much with how they look, because it's assumed that they kind of like earned it with skill. Whereas for a girl is like, okay, well, was there an element of uh, like, you used your beauty? And also, like, there's this expectation that's underlying, oh, okay, like, if you're in that position, you need to look a certain way, or you need to present yourself a certain way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And i just wanted to go back to like tk story and i just wanted to honor you for like how much um like how much of an effort you put into your like projects and your endeavors and you know and i also admire how you didn't let these comments like undermine your achievements and I can see like from the way you speak about them that you're very much like assertive and confident about these accomplishments. So I just wanted to take a moment to honor you for that. Oh,
0: thanks. <laughs> those I are... could have been doing this proposal to you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I mean, you know, because it's so annoying like, to me when I hear that um like despite all those like efforts and all these hard work that went into your beautiful like presentations and your ideas, like people default to oh like what about looks right? And so I just wanted to like kind of ponder on what that means for like different types of women in like different types of settings and like, an experiment came to mind that I heard about recently where they had like some younger girls um, do like simple kind of like mathematical tests um, in an experimental setting. And in one group, um, they had no like prompts about like mention of like their looks. And in the other cohort, they had like brief like uh, prompts about like their looks or like some comments that made them like maybe think about their looks and in those scenarios girls that weren't prompted did um significantly better than the girls that were prompted so that goes to show that like these comments and these little like snarky things that we experience like in our day-to-day like maybe careers or our lives like they do have a measurable impact on our performance so like these are small incidences but i feel like these are things that could add up over time and over like spectrum of like your career. So I don't think it's something that should be taken lightly. And um, thank you for bringing light to these stories through your personal experiences
2: yeah no totally um that just reminds me of like a previous podcast episode we did on imposter syndrome and how it might be a little bit more prevalent among females because of these comments about beauty and us kind of feeling okay like are we competent enough because is it actually our skill or was it was there an element of like how we looked that played into our success whereas a guy wouldn't ever have to question that they would be like oh i got here cuz i'm awesome and period right yeah. so i just yeah. feel like that ties really nicely with some of the other topics we have been discussing on the on this podcast yeah nice tie back to the imposter syndrome throwbacks
0: <laughs> <laughs> throwbacks are still very very relevant <laughs> for sure yeah so i guess um i guess yeah like as you mentioned, Yuna, these are probably small, fleeting moments. Um, you know, if you look at it like versus a lifespan of my my whole lifetime, but um, I still remember it like so clearly because I guess subconsciously, like it just shocked me and impacted me so much um, that even though it's been several years, like it's still very much a grounded in like my memory. So, yeah, like those those moments, like you know, they do kind of linger around, like they don't really go away and they keep, you know, make you kind of reflect and question about that as well. Um, but yeah, I would love to kind of know about you guys' stories or you guys's personal experiences on, you know, beauty perceptions that you guys experienced in life. So um, Ellie, like, is there anything um, kind of other aspects of your life where you experienced different levels of beauty perceptions or beauty par- paradox?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, For me, it was definitely more in like a social um, kind of personal level context. And like, I just wanted to speak on kind of how we connect as women. I feel like socially as women, when we connect um, with just other girls, we connect more based on like beauty trends. Like this is seen as more uh, socially acceptable Mm -hmm. versus like when men connect, it's more socially acceptable to connect like through their career. So it almost like brings us back to that, like reinforcing like how on top you are on beauty trends or how beautiful you are is like linked to your sense of value in a social context and that could in a not so good way link to like how your sense of worth which you know can lead down kind of like that uh rabbit hole so to speak um and it's just like that weight of judgment is so different depending on like if you're a female or a male. And this has been something I've consistently observed um, through many social contexts. Uh, And I have found that it's led to a thought pattern in my brain that Kind of can lead to uh, feelings or um, thought patterns that I don't really like, but it's kind of the socially acceptable thing. So it makes me question, like, you know, how are these social standards of beauty and um, how we find connection? How is that affecting us? And and in way in ways, I mean, it's good, obviously, to connect with other women with you know, common interests. But if if this is the only standard that we're shown, um and not any other standards, like why is there such a such a difference? So that was just one one um, kind of example that came to mind. Um and to tie into that, I think for for women, I think beauty has such a link more so to like that sense of belonging like I was talking about. Um so I, I actually specifically remember uh this um instance in Like as young as elementary school. I must have been like grade two, grade three. And I remember this girl wore the same shirt twice and uh, she wore the same shirt twice. And people knew because I guess the first day, and I remember so vividly, that's why it's so crazy. Like she like had spilled something on her shirt and then she wore the same shirt. So you could tell she didn't even wash it because she wore that same shirt with the stain on it. And like, all the girls were like making fun of her. She was ostracized. That so sad. Um kind of saying comments like, "Oh, she can't afford another shirt." Like, "Why does she look like that?" Aww. Um so like I just felt like, you know, th- that image like or that story sticks out in my mind because it like kind of um cemented this belief that oh like women are judged more harshly on their beauty versus i saw boys do that and like they were never judged on wearing the same shirt twice i have boys in the class that would wear like literally the same shirt like three four times a week and they were definitely not judged to the same standards same thing with obviously in our modern society look at like when we go out to events we can't there's a social kind of norm that you can't wear the same dress twice you know uh, do men have that if they wear the same dress shirt twice they don't get judged that's so true yeah right uh, types of uh, you know judgments we put on each other as, as, as women um, in a social context and how that reinforces kind of this beauty paradox um, within even our own communities and you know I don't know how much of that is just like you know um, culture or how much of that is like marketing like, cause you know, you could see it's per- fairly pervasive on Instagram or uh, in malls or whatnot. Like this idea that if you're, if you look a certain way you'll belong in a certain group because you have the same hair, the same nails um, um, and that will instantly gain you like, belonging or that sense of like acceptance in that group so yeah i just um i don't know if there's like an answer for this it's just kind of like my train of thought in terms of like how these social standards affect us in kind of like these ways that we don't even realize and we just kind of accept them without really questioning like what does this mean for our life and our perception um in terms of, like, yeah, our, our our worth or just our sense of belonging or just our sense of connection with, with others.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, when you mentioned the whole, um, your experience, like, in grade two or three about this girl who were the same shirt, it's, like, why do we remember that? It, it's, like, so long ago, but it's so impactful, and, like, we still remember it. It's just wild, like, just listening to the stories. <laughs>
2: yeah it's just crazy because you think it's such a small thing but like it like it's literally embedded into the deep crevices of my brain. Yeah. Like It's just like, it's yeah. like, and it, it was, it's like one of the legs of the table, so to speak, that like shapes like your belief systems and shapes your perception of the world and all these little stories to your point, TK, about what you're saying, like these little comments, like they do add up and they make an impact on how we, how we, how we, um, you know, interact with each other, how we see the world um, and kind of questioning, you know, is this the world we want to live in and should we, should we question that perspective? Um, and, and, like, and then, um, again, the, along the same line of, uh, I guess, uh, kind of social context. This whole idea of, like, beauty over comfort. Like, why is it that women, when we have to be beautiful, uh, we have to sacrifice so much comfort? <laughs> like, <laughs> beauty is pain. Like, yeah. Beauty it's is like, pain. It's, like, accepted that beauty <laughs> is pain. Like, we have to go out and, like heels and like super uncomfortable clothing we have to shave our legs whereas, and like, pluck
1: like <laughs> yeah pluck yeah like pluck body yeah. hair yeah. in like painful places
2: so painful like i'm not
1: gonna say where <laughs>
2: and like also <laughs> like over painfully the body <laughs> time consuming like not even comfort yes. but it's just like we need so much like we need to put up with so much um, versus like men don't have to sacrifice comfort in the same way we do. Like they're just a lot more like low key about it. And they're like, yeah, like just accept me for who I am. Like this is who I am. And obviously there's like it's a spectrum. But I could say like generally as a whole, like that's definitely something I've observed.
1: Like you've never seen Men like wear like girdles and not be able to digest food. Whereas, yeah. like you know what, a person I've
2: experienced that. Yeah, I can't digest food
1: when I wear like corsets. Okay, yes. like like shapewear.
2: Shapewear. I remember I tried one. Yeah, and I literally could not go through my dinner because I couldn't like. I couldn't eat anymore because I wouldn't let my stomach expand more. And they I'm should like, be called indigestion yeah. wear. And I paid for this. I paid like, I think, 150 bucks to not be able right. to eat my food and to not be able to breathe. Like, yeah. this is not oh something God. that like, happens among, among um, men. And right? remember... Among guys. I'm sure you guys did this too because I
0: did like back in the day like early 20s or whatnot or even like 18 or 19 like when you're going out clubbing or like when you're going out to a bar or something when you wear like Mm -hmm. a very short like risque dress with heels like dead December. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. snowing out, like, whatever. And I guys, like, I remember I was, like, no, this is fine. Like, I don't need coat checks. I would, like, not wear a coat or a jacket and just, like, brave the cold where, like, the guys will wear, like, a sweater, jeans, boots, like, whatever. Like, I remember that. that. I'm just, like, man, like... I was either, like, really brave or, like, really
2: stupid, like. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Man. it just goes to been show, there like, that. what are the experiences and, like, what have we been, like, kind of uh, conditioned in a social environment that, like, that's seen as okay. Like, what are we
1: prioritizing, mm. like, in that scenario? We're prioritizing like, we're beauty. not prioritizing our comfort. And it's, like, the thing, yeah. too, it's,
2: like,
0: exactly when, if you decide not to dress like that, when you're going with other girls who are dressed like that, it's also kind of that comparison point, right? It's like you wanna dress out and you wanna wear a sweater, jeans, like whatever. But then all of the other girls put so much effort and like they're wearing dresses, heels, like hair done, makeup done, nails done, everything. So it's like Mm -hmm. there's also that comparison too. Like if you don't live up to that, yeah, you're gonna be one that's perceived not like on kind of that level of beauty or whatever. Mm. Like
1: the ugly duckling. Yeah. So it's
0: like it's very hard. Like I think that's why we probably, you know, did that back in the day. But yeah, it's it's kind of a while to think about now.
1: Yeah, I mean. Well, still do to a point. Yeah, like, still do. To be fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: definitely still like, do. Like still not
1: off that train. But yeah, but
2: it's just something definitely to Definitely aware think about. when I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And like I do it more begrudgingly now as opposed to like being like, oh, I'm fine. I'll be like, this is fucking cold. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know what I do <laughs> like, now is when I go out, I literally bring an extra pair of shoes. So I'm uh, like, okay, like if I want to take pictures, look nice, I have heels. And then as soon as yeah. we're going out dancing, I switch shoes because it's not worth the discomfort. Whereas like before, before like I would just bear it out in heels, and it was just yeah. I remember like my feet like bleeding and having to use like band aids because I got like blisters. Yeah, it's um, it's
0: wild. Like our like different comments that we experienced ourselves or we heard like growing up and experiencing like, like those I feel like they kind of slowly like close like your sandbox like they just kind yes. of slowly start developing mm-hmm. your sandbox and like without you knowing it like or you get to our age and then we realize there's a sandbox um around yes, us right. Um, and that's kind yes. of where we're just like oh crap like how did these get here like how did I get mm-hmm. here um and yeah. why am I in these kind of Yes. unnecessary walls per se. And how did yeah. they get developed? I think is kind of like yeah. what we're experiencing now. I think
1: that's, I think that's why it's so interesting. Like when Ellie, when you go back to like your like elementary school years of like remembering the specific moment of like this girl being shamed, it's like, mm. those are probably the moments where like it gets really stuck in your brain. Yeah. Like, okay, like you better care about how you look. Like you better, you know, not wear the be- like same t-shirt twice you better like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean?
2: Right. Yeah, no, totally. And it's, yeah, it's those stories that, yeah, stick out so vividly because it has such an emotional um, reaction and like, it's a human need to to belong. So if you see something- Absolutely. Um, and there's a certain social reaction to it like you think okay like that's the truth like that's what I have to abide by and and to go back to what TK you were saying that sandbox I mean like reflecting back on this concept of beauty I've been examining that sandbox more and I'm like oh man it's so limiting even in terms of like if I was thinking back to like even like the mating scene like how we're socialized as women like we're socialized that we just have to like stand there and look pretty and like the guy has to come like seek us out which i used to like believe in that like mindset or that, rhetor- uh, that rhetoric that rhetorical line of questioning a lot but i was like okay like if that's like the belief system we are um carrying forth like in all aspects of our life like we just have to look pretty and opportunities will come our way like what is that what is that message sending to our women instead of like yes. no you need to like seek it out you need to like be a go-getter um and those are the messages that are given to, to men so i mean I that being said like obviously looking good feeling good in your skin dressing up I mean I think those are all good things um I just want to say that I don't mean to like bash on like you know if you want to look nice if you want to wear heels I mean all of that is awesome um it's just like there's this other side to it that I think um we as women just have to like be more aware of and examine and start to question like okay like this is maybe what society has like taught us but like is this actually the sandbox we want to live in or like do we want to break that sandbox and like go and play with the trees and like <laughs> the playground you know <laughs> I don't want to be in a sandbox you know um, I want to explore outside of that and and I think that's part of where this discussion will hopefully take our listeners is just like questioning that sandbox and just seeing okay like where do these be- belief um, principles come from about beauty and do they serve us or you know are they are they not serving us in all aspects of our life whether it be socially or in a career setting um, as TK was talking about
1: yeah, I love that analogy of the sandbox, because like it just makes it so clear, like, you know, it's not wrong to be in the sandbox, if you want it to be in the sandbox, yeah. just know that there is a sandbox, you know, like, see what it looks like, see what's made of, like, see what you feel like in it right and then choose differently if you want to i think it's like that awareness um as opposed to just participating it unconsciously which i sometimes worry about like especially with i think tk you mentioned briefly earlier about like the effect of social media and you know like how quick it is like now like tiktok's like what like like three 30 seconds 10 seconds. Um, I'm not on TikTok, so I don't actually know, but like, it's just like very quick responses and you don't really have like in that, whatever seconds you have to examine your value system and like what you like about this, what you don't like about it, you know, like how you're feeling in it. It's, it just goes by too fast and it almost like slips through our consciousness, um, before we can really catch it and examine what that really is about. So that's one, something that I do think about it's quite often yeah
0: for sure and I would say I would say the it's interesting hearing about like your experiences like personally um Ellie and then also like me like sharing you know some of the episodes from you know when I was an intern and or, like when I started my career but um just kind of curious like you did you have anything similar or different to that um in terms of like how beauty perceptions or expectations kind of influenced you or any of the beauty paradox?
1: Oh yeah, I think like um, throughout my life, like I can pull on many different like instances where I had similar experiences mirroring that of you and Elise. Um, But I did wanna kind of bring light to like some of the experiences that I had as I like kind of matured a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to say the word mature because that makes me sound really old. <laughs> and I am not As you blossom. Um, you know, a young one. As, as you I bloss- blossom. <laughs>
2: yes. It's all about perspective. Nice reframe. Wording. Yes. Yes. It's a positive Ellie. thing. Love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that reframe. Um but I did wanna like quickly just um talk about the value of women based on like how youthful we look. So that is to say that like one of the most rampant ideas that I can say in the culture scape and also I've observed many times in my life is as we enter into our 30s, um, I might have to say like me a little bit further in than (laughs) um, Ellie or TK. Um, But in terms of our physical beauty, there's this perception that like it fades once we enter into our 30s and we're kind of not, you know, considered to be in our prime state anymore. Kind of like um, you mentioned the, the blossoming analogy, but it's almost like you as a woman are perceived to be like you know, a bud like in your teens and then you kind of blossom in your 20s. And then by the time you're 30s, you're basically like, you know, at the end stage of that blossoming or, you know, it, depending on who you talk to, they might even consider that like you're withering away completely. But even though like you've only lived like, you know, maybe like one third of your life. So I kind of have experienced that from a lot more of um, like personal sort of levels. Um Like, for example, in the dating scene, um, I was speaking to someone just over, like, drinks, like, very casually. And they um, mentioned the idea of, like, the Christmas Day analogy. So, they're like, well, you know, like, women are, like, Christmas um, Day... Christmas... Christmas um, days. So, I was, like, really curious. So, I was like, what do you mean by that? And they were like, well, like, you know, on Christmas Eve, like, everyone's excited, like you're like everything's like you know at the highest value and everything's like amazing and the christmas day like when you're 25 it's like you're at your prime, basically. So it's like when everything's supposed to happen, everything that's magical, and then 26th come, and it's like Boxing Day, and everything's on sale. Oh my god, <laughs> who made that analogy? That's
2: a horrible <laughs> analogy. <laughs> wow. So I didn't know how
1: to respond to that, but oh I just was like, "Oh, like that's um, that's an interesting um, analogy," and I just kind of laughed it off at the time. But I don't know. I just, I just. Um, thought about that analogy more recently now that you know i i'm way over my my 30s and probably according to the analogy like i'm way past the the maximum sales rate by now um but yeah but even from your family there's a lot more pressure as you mature over 30 to kind of um settle down and have a family like you're not getting any younger no one's gonna want you like you know just perpetuating that idea that desirability really fades away with your age um and it's really hard to deal with because they actually often come from like your most loved ones like your parents or your grandmothers or you know like some of your parents maybe parents friends like um People that often really care about your your um, happiness, and it seems to be like coming from their heart, and they seemingly want the best for you. So, like, it's really hard to process these messages when they conflict with kind of like your ideals of what you want versus like what um, what I should be going for because I'm at a certain age and because like my beauty's fading away, and you know, it's never gonna get any better.
2: Yeah, no, um, when you said that Christmas Day analogy, it's so funny, I feel like there's so many like variations of that same analogy that like, um, I'm sure we've all he- heard of that saying like, girls are like cars, like once you drive it out, like it depreciates in value. And like, men yes. are like, wine, like as they age, their value increases. And like, you know, like, that's just the same thing as a Christmas Day analogy, but it's just a different ways of like, kind of perpetuating yes. that messaging. And like, you know, what message is sending to us and Um, To your point, like, yeah, it's like this messaging is coming from, like, your closest loved members that think they're helping you. But it's like, well, why aren't we also normalizing at the same time, like, going things, like, why are not things set by our own clock? Like, why why is it that we have to conform to society's clock? Why can't we go at, like, our pace of what feels right for us and true to us um, and not feel bad about that? yeah yeah for sure exactly
1: um
0: when you said that yuna like that made me so sad but angry at the same time (laughs) like Mm. the christmas (laughs) analogy oh my gosh
1: (laughs) it's horrible Yeah, but
0: i i do agree i i feel like more and more i don't know about you guys but i just feel like i'm just so happy right now like where i am like very content with like the stage that i'm kind of going through in my life if i were to do anything outside of that whether it's starting a family or having kids i feel like i would be so resentful like towards other people or towards myself for like not um appreciating what i have right now um so i do agree kind of like on the whole age and like you know kind of working on or being pressured by like the societal like clock um yeah so i i agree with that for sure
1: Yeah, I mean, I love that you have like such an assertive, like, view on your life and you're, you know, not compromising like what you think about it based on what other people say. But honestly, I think that not everyone can be like that. And I think that it can be hard on some people that value, um, you know, acceptance from their family and friends more so maybe than their other aspirations because everyone is made different, and some people are just a little bit more. Um, I want to say I don't want to say doubtful, but like they're they're more easily, like swayed or they wonder a little bit more often. And I think I tend to be one of the personalities or a type to maybe like wonder, like is this the best stage that I'm in right now. Um, what if like I was married and what if I had children like my family said then would I be happier like you know like what is this alternative universe that I'm supposed to be having that I'm not having you know it's like that constant wonderment of that and honestly I think that it maybe it's like one of the conditions of like this living the life thing but at the same time like I wonder like if I were to be free from that, like, what's possible for me? Like, how much of my energy can I focus on getting something truly out of, like, my life today, as opposed to wondering about the alternative universe?
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: And maybe we can start to summarize, like, our thoughts and reflections on what we think about the beauty paradox. And so... I, we thought it'd be a great way to finish with kind of um, not like a one-liner um, takeaways but because like we're still very much going through it and there isn't like you know a definitive answer to any of these paradoxes that we observe um, I thought it'd be good to finish with like a reflective question so uh, do you want to go first Ellie?
2: Yeah, um, I guess my reflective question to our listeners would be, how can you not let beauty standards dictate how much fun or how much you experience um, out of every single experience and social setting?
1: Love that. Mm. Uh,
0: I feel like mine was kind of tough to think about and actually like write down a question also because I'm also like going through it still um and I think it's still a question that I ask myself and that's okay but um my reflective question is um how can you let your effort and your work and your skills speak more volume in a professional setting
1: Hmm. yeah I think that's definitely something that I could sometimes struggle with and like maybe would appreciate the answer to right now (laughs) yes can somebody somebody. give us an answer (laughs) because (laughs) but how about you yuna what's your reflective question um i think my reflective question is how can you allow yourself to be at your fullest beauty at every age or stage of your life
2: yeah oh i like that question i love that (laughs) yeah Yeah. so eloquently said (laughs) yeah and like i think i have a little bit of an answer to that question with this quote beauty begins Mm. the moment you decide to be yourself so just by being yourself in every age and being living in integrity perhaps that's what it means to be to be beautiful
1: perhaps perhaps (laughs) i think that's a very good answer Mm -hmm.
2: All right. So on that note, we hope that, you know, you listeners got some key, you know, insights or or takeaways. Um, And, you know, you could, as you could see, we're clearly still in this beauty paradox ourselves. Um, But it was just great to flesh out, you know, all our thoughts and, um, you know, insights on on this topic. And uh, yeah, so that wraps up uh, this episode 12, The Beauty Paradox. Uh, don't forget to give us a follow at what would you say. We would love to connect. And uh, that's a wrap.